tonight's episode, The Endangered Species. GearWebsites.com is your source for firearms-based playing cards and books. We also have mugs, shirts, and posters with designs that we've made live. Of course, we have patches. Every Friday is Free Patch Friday. We appreciate your support. Thank you for shopping at GearWebsites.com. everybody to our daily gun show come be alive every weeknight at midnight eastern and we talk about guns for about an hour i'm distracted because i'm trying to open up something on my other screen here we uh started a little late today because some other chat was uh uh running late and we were over in that chat so barbecue was having a discussion Second Amendment activism and whatnot. So I think I'm going to try to stop doing that. There we go. I don't know why that's taking so long to post, but uh, I'll uh, quit trying to be distracted here. All right, so take two. There we go. So uh, we go live every weeknight at midnight Eastern, and uh, we do it at midnight so that we can have the time slot unless we're rudely corked at the beginning of the show. You know, we own the time slot all night long. Our goal would be to do the show like Art Bell used to do his show and have a long format conversation each night, bring guests on and have long format discussions that go beyond the introductions and beyond the uh, polite conversation and get down into their motivations and their origin stories and get into, uh, you know, what can be done to actually move the ball, uh, move the conversations, take back, uh, move the Overton window, take back the normalization of guns, and then just talk about guns, nerd out on the industry and the, on the uh, evolution of them, on the mechanics of them, on the chemistry and the metallurgy. I'm a nerd, so uh, we're going to really have some fun with this show. As it continues to grow, we've been doing the show for 1,400 and something episodes, and it's not over. I'm trying much, putting much effort into getting us into another level by episode 1,500. So if you want to be part of that, 
there's a scroll going down right here. It says, our Patreons make it possible for us to spend time on projects like these. Thank you. We do appreciate that. You'll notice there's no advertisements here. I don't care what grip angle you use or what red dot. I can talk crap about whatever stuff I personally like or don't like because our Patreon subscribe to what we're doing. So most people buy us a cup of coffee. Is that like two, three bucks? Uh, some people buy us lunch. That could be as much as $25. We have a couple of different levels over there. It would be great if a couple of gun shops came on board. We have a $100 level for gun shops that might want to support the projects that we're doing. But uh, those people that subscribe to what we do make it possible for us to spend time on, on the Daily Gun Show, as well as a couple of dozen websites. We're going to take a look at some of those tonight. And then the tour, the things that we've done when we're on the road. Now, I kind of went into debt over the last, well, a couple of years before all the BS, and I'm still recovering financially from that. But uh, when we are flush, we're on the road. Uh, we've traveled 60,000 miles. We've been to 200 plus gun shops, we go to industry events. But more importantly, we go to 2A rallies. We go to the 33 plus firearms museums that we've visited and, and toured. Uh, we've done a couple of firearms manufacturers and then uh, gun shows. That's why we call it the Daily Gun Show. I've been going to gun shows my whole life. I've been to gun shows in a lot of states and uh, really like to uh, get this show all night long and get us back on the road. In fact, a good chunk of these shows, uh, we were on the road. It's just like I say, the transmission busted in the truck. I took out a loan, or in the van, I took out a loan to get the van in the first place, drove it to Chicago, immediately busted the transmission in Chicago, out of state, right? Still paying that off. And then I tried a couple of patch batches, but, you know, whatever. So appreciate the Patreons, people that make it possible for us to do this. Or I guess I still have the Gear website's logo right here. I'll flip that over. But... Uh, the people that purchase stuff at our store also make it possible for us to spend time on projects like this. So, well, that being said, we go live every weeknight. So on Mondays, it's motivation. How, why would you want to become a Second Amendment activist? How do you be, what do you do as one? How do, why would you value your own voice as just an individual out there? What could you possibly matter? Well, no single drop thinks it's responsible for the flood. Every voice matters. Everyone influences other people. Unless you live in some kind of a vacuum, and then you still can contribute because you'd have a very vanilla, centrist, non-influenced uh, opinion to offer. So literally everyone, no matter if you're a recluse or a, a people person, if you're a knowledgeable or you're a novice, everyone has a part to contribute. Uh, in these big things. And we're using the internet. So we talk about how to use the internet, how to use social media, how to use the software that I'm using here, StreamYard, to have the chat stick over on this monitor. I'm sharing that monitor. That's what you're seeing on this uh, thing with my $10 headset hanging off of a deal that you would use to put your keys on your belt or whatever. I'm not doing this with a bunch of frills. And then, of course, we've got a little puppy over here to... Uh, because I've been told, in fact, I've been lectured about not having dogs on my content because of how I'm told that's, this is bad content right here. Anyhow, why would you want to be a, a, a Second Amendment advocate? Are you a Second Amendment advocate? And then how do you become one? That's all the stuff we do on Mondays. We have a lot of fun with that. We do interviews whenever we can as well. Tuesdays is just, you know, 2A. We get into the Second Amendment, what's going on and you know the nuts and bolts the history and where we're going with it wednesdays we have some fun we talk about guns in pop culture in our um, society and uh, we do the tactical quiz today we're talking travel and training and then tomorrow 
we'll talk about uh, what other people are doing. The stuff that's been happening, we kind of offer a weekly uh, archive, a weekly update, and a weekly summary of what's happened that week, and maybe a look at what's happening next week in case something was um, uh, uh, something important is coming up. All right, that being said, today we're going to talk about uh, 2014. Uh, somebody gave me a timeshare, so we went up to Vegas and uh, toured around in December, a month or so before SHOT Show. Maybe it was November, I can't really remember. If we take a look at some of the videos, maybe the dates on the videos will let us know. Um, but we basically went up there for a long weekend, maybe a week, I can't remember anymore. And my intent was to check out the gun, excuse me, to check out the gun shops. And what I found out was that there was way more rental places than I had remembered or realized. Uh, so there was probably at the time something like maybe 20 gun shops in Vegas. And we'll usually head up to SHOT Show a couple of days early, as early as I can usually. And the more people I brought with me, the earlier we would go up. Just we would need the time to rendezvous up there and to gather whatever accommodations we were going to do, meet with other groups and stuff. So we'd go up sometimes three days early. And going up three days early is, again, to accommodate a lot of schedules and stuff. So it's not like you're rushing around those, those preliminary days. So that's when I would go out and check out gun shops. And to kind of get the crew ready, get people working together, uh, get us editing video, get us up to speed, we'd get there and start going to gun shops and reviewing the gun shops. And we found out that the gun shops in Vegas have almost no opinion of SHOT Show. A couple of them go to SHOT Show and it may change over time, but uh, for the most part, they were completely unaffected. Since SHOT Show isn't really for the public, it's for the industry. It's not like a bunch of people showed up um, to go to the gun shops in town. The people that were going to the gun shops in town were locals or maybe somebody visiting who needed some ammo or something but the people from shot show really just weren't out doing it so it was just the two worlds weren't colliding uh so we learned that and we found out a bunch of the shops and and like i say over the years i probably had visited let's say 14 of the 20 shops or something so we went up there in 2014 after having been to most of the shops just to do uh, I think my goal was really just to attempt to do as many as possible again, just to refresh our, we do this website we're about to show you here and uh, um, refresh the website and uh, update, you know, things that were already in there, I guess, and then add things that we had not yet added to it. Where's my mouse at? Mouse is too many monitors. All right, so I'm going to bring up Sharon here. Screen Sharon is going to join us, and we'll put the puppy down at the bottom to monitor. Puppy monitoring camera down here. Uh, this is not a potato, or kind of looks like a raccoon from this angle. It is, in fact, a little puppy. He's asleep tonight for the show, so we're going to go back to main view. All right, so. Um, I believe it was around 2014, I had built a website called nevadashooting.com. So just a little aside, as uh, we're our gun websites, right? Um, that's because we started out being website people, building websites for folks, and, and there's a long story to that. But we ended up having quite a few websites, and since our everybody on the team, our uh, interest, shared interest is guns and hunting and camping and fishing and going to SHOT Show and stuff like that, uh, we... Uh, 
had quite a few websites devoted to shooting things. So I don't know if it's naturally or not, but we have one called tucsonshooting.com. And along with Arizona shooting and Phoenix shooting, they were, well, Tucson shooting was um, specifically to Tucson. Uh, Tucson, Arizona lies between uh, mountains on the north and south and then mountains, kind of smaller mountains on the east and west. And because of that and because of the amount of um, uh, reservations and uh, federal land and state land in this area and a, a large um a large number of people, a large diversity of people trying uh, interested in using the public lands for different uses, for shared uses, horseback riding, four-wheeling, bicycling, hiking, bird watching, a whole bunch of critters, well, mammals and bugs migrate through this area because of the way the water is in south, south, southern Arizona and the, just the southwest in general. A lot of migratory patterns come right through the area. And then just historically, like a lot of uh, amateur archaeologists and stuff like to hang out, geologists come out here. So there's just, and then people that like old Westerns or people that, you know, are interested in the old West. So there's just tons of people that use our lands out here. And in the days when we started focusing on all this and started building the websites and stuff, there was quite a bit of effort by the, it was basically a collaboration of all the different state and federal level state agencies came together and invited all the different representative groups, the groups that represented all these different lifestyles out here and attempted to get everybody to at least understand that a lot of people are trying to use the same places and that we're not doing ourselves any favors by not talking to each other. It's sort of interesting. And that's one of the first things we ever did now that I'm thinking about it to try to do something is we saw, I saw that going to that meeting, there was one, I went to the meeting because I went to the meeting and nobody else went to the meeting because they didn't feel like going to the meeting. Right? It was just some boring meeting. However, it turned out to be really interesting. And then after the fact, everybody was asking me what happened at the meeting. And I'm like, well, fuck, you know, like, so what am I supposed to tell a thousand people? Like I, I can tell you, and then I have to tell you, and then I got to tell you because you're all going to ask me, why don't I just write it down? And this was like 2004 or something. So it's, you know, like, where am I going to write it down? Well, I'm going to write it down on the internet. So I wrote it down on a website and just summarized the meeting. And then I told everybody, I'll go there. And then, you know, before long, it was the only thing written about it, except for a couple of news articles in the newspaper from the like other reporter who went there or the reporter that went there. Anyway, so I sort of figured out, oh, you know what? I can, this website can be a service more than just pictures and information. It can offer some up-to-date current information for this thing. And then what happened was, I forget which agency it was, but one of the agencies that was there said, hey, you're the only person on the internet that did this. Can we put it on our website? And then we got attached to whatever it was, like the federal website or the state website, actually probably a bunch of them, because let's say there was BLM there, there was state land there, there was whatever reservations might be involved. Those are each sovereign nations. I don't even think they were involved though, but then there was um, forest service and then there's, uh, parks and you can have parks and you can have uh, wilderness forests. You can have all these different things that would have their own governing and regulatory entities, right? And I had done work in the past with government. So I understood how to deal with them and when you just have to speak bureaucracy. I don't know if you've been in the military, you know how to speak bureaucracy or if you've had a government job, you know what I'm talking about. Somewhere between robot and asshole. 
And as long as you can understand that and speak with them on that level and understand that they're just humans who have to play that puppet role in order to keep their job and talk to them in the same puppet language, then, you know, I'm saying we got some, we made, we, we did some effort in that place. So this was 2004 or whatever, right? A long time ago. And then for a long time, you know, doing other things, exploring stuff that was one of the notches in our belt. The reason I'm explaining all this is we put quite a bit of effort there and we thought we accomplished something and everybody was proud of it and whatever. And it led to some other relationships or collaborations with state entities and local you know, government agencies, like, let's say like different uh, parks. And um, we worked with the, uh, like the Lake Havasu, we worked with um, a bunch of different parks and the shooting range down here, like just places that because we were willing to put something on our website that was called Tucson Shooting, they were happy to not have to build a website. They could just give us the information and we'd host it essentially. And then they could just link to it. And it actually worked out really well. You can think about how the government works. I mean, I don't even know how it works because there's so many different instances of it, but the government typically was trying to link to the information, but they were not consistent. They changed their websites all the time. Some new procedure would happen. They'd buy new stuff and then their stuff was changing constantly. So they were happy to have an off-site third-party constant that they could link to. And that's what we provided in a couple of different places and in fishing and in hunting and in shooting, we did all this, right? And I'm again explaining this that like, you know, it's just a thing that we did and it was nice and, you know, nobody else was doing it and it wasn't like we intended it. It just kind of happened. Anyway, that's just stuff that happened. And then was it 2010? I don't forget when this asshole did it, but some asshole who was a far left psychopath or whatever it's called like a you know deranged dude grabbed a couple of glock 30 round mags and shot at gabby in the parking lot of a safeway up in north side of tucson and got immediately clobbered by a bunch of people and then held at bay by a ccw guy so that became known as what Tucson shooting, right? Because the media wants to manipulate words. They want to take the word shooting, right? The verb that is us. They want to take that away and give it the connotation of evil, suggest that shooting is a verb, that's an aggressive verb, uh, that it's always a weaponized word, right? They wanted to keep that narrative. And if they didn't intentionally do it, they wholeheartedly leaned into that bullshit, you know, agenda-based, uh, marginalization of the people who are shooters. So it pissed me off, but it really destroyed that website because from then on, that website became massively hit. In other words, people looked at it a lot. And, you know, I'm familiar and I've had other things. I mean, this was 2010 or something. We'd been a business for a while and internet people for a while, but this was also a year after YouTube kind of kicked in and we I was spending most of my time on YouTube. We definitely as a group were spending most of our time off of the websites doing other things. It was a lot of, you know, YouTube won, but there was a lot of other things happening that were vying for what will be the next big thing on the internet. Forums and the development of forums. There were some other things that were uh, software based, server software based. There was the development of, you know, the different types of server the ways the servers displayed websites and stuff was changing. So, you know, there was a lot of stuff going on. YouTube wasn't obvious. YouTube's obvious in hindsight, but not you know, going forward. So anyhow, to, so Arizona shooting um, just went weird, 
and this was four years later. So this is a big story to say that, you know, I bought Nevada shooting after having that experience with Arizona shooting. And four years later, I could kind of get Arizona shooting back to being, uh, it would have been callous to just leave Arizona shooting there as some sort of an uh, exploitive um, destination on the internet that people with the perception post the incident, right? The incident in 2010, if I would have left the website normal, people would have gone, what kind of asshole prick is gonna, you know, uh, describe all the different shooting locations in Arizona or in Tucson, I should say, you know, because they, you know, I'm here looking for whatever about this event. So it really screwed up that site and it bothered me because, you know, it wasn't something we did and they literally took that and, and just marginalized the word and stuff. So um, anyway, so that was just a really an interesting and, and strange and unwanted and freaking weird situation. And it wasn't until years later that I felt comfortable putting the site back to being what it was, you know, for six years before that incident, right? So we took it down for hopefully a moderate or what's the word, like a in in respect or whatever, like for a respectful amount of time. But then we went back to doing business because, again, it wasn't like we had any intention of exploiting anything, but, you know. And for some time, we put it back. So now we go to Vegas in 2014, and I put up Nevada shooting for the same reasons. I was impressed by the amount of recreational. Um, it's international recreational machine gun tourism. That's what I like to call it. So we have machine gun places sprouted up. I don't want to say overnight, but they surprised the heck out of me since I'd kind of been paying attention. And all of a sudden, in late in 2014, there was like, well, here they were. There was the gun shop, which is the oldest. That one's on Tropicana. Then you've got the range or something, the one that's out by going out to Pahrump. I forget the name of it. It's like the Las Vegas shooting range or something. We'll see it here in a second. And then uh, then you've got the MGV Machine Gun Vegas. Then you got Battlefield Vegas. Then you've got the Range 702. And then you've got the garage or something like that. Then you've got this guy who doesn't really have a location, but he takes people out to the range that's on the way to Boulder Range. That's that one. Then you got the range on the way to Boulder Range. Then you have Boulder Range, which doesn't actually have machine gun shoots, but it is a place where people could go shoot recreationally. So that's nine places I can think of off the top of my head that in 2014 were offering recreational um, machine gun experiences right so you could rent machine guns and you didn't have to be a licensed owner you didn't have to fill out a form you just had to be in the presence of the people who were capable of owning the property on their property and then you could experience it and what happens is people from other countries who have no ability to even pull a trigger maybe on airsoft or something if they really tried but have no ability to pull a trigger can now go to vegas and without any kind of uh like, oh, you're going to Vegas, it must be to shoot guns. Or like, you know, if they went to Florida or something, to the one city where all the machine gun shoots are or something like that, then they might go, oh, you know, why are you even going to that city? But if they're going to Vegas, if somebody wanted to discreetly go shoot some machine guns, international visitor, well, now they can do that. And now guns can become a little bit more normal on the international scene. And then those international visitors who are openly firearms enthusiasts now have a place or the destination where they can actually go exercise that desire and uh, share in a great way, right? In 2014, we had social media all over the place. So 
anyway, so I was totally impressed with how the machine, the rental machine gun scene in Vegas had exploded. And they were in competition, but they also had played some zones or like, no, they kind of laid their own role. They, they played their own roles or whatever the words are. Like they, they each took like a segment of the potential people and catered to them. So there was some crossover for sure. But oh, and then there was that one that was selling cave bar stuff. I forgot about that one. I don't like that one. So I never talk about it. But I forgot. I just thought of another one as we were as I was thinking here. They were all in different locations. They were all catering to different groups, and they all had a, like a different level of, let's say, professionalism. Like for example, one of them, Machine Gun Vegas. All it is is a range for rentals, and that's it. Period. You go in there. It's high end. It's it's good looking ladies. You go in there, and they're competent. They're not just like bimbos. These are ladies that were probably all Marines or something, Marine-like small uh, weapons handlers or something. Like they're all super competent, and they just happen to all be able to also pass for uh, showgirls if they needed to probably. So it's just a unique experience where you go in there, and it's almost like going into a, a day spa or like a private bar or something. You go in, it's all fancy and nice. You point at the guns you want on the wall and then they take you in into a private essentially a private range i mean you can it, it accommodates probably dozen or more people way more probably two dozen people or you could have multiple parties in there at the same time comfortably with room you know elbow room but uh but not a huge place and that's all it was no i mean you probably buy a t-shirt or something but aside from taking their time to shoot machine guns uh that's about what they did there that's it they had a, another side to it where they had a VIP room where you could have like a bachelor party or like spend some time and have drinks and a TV and like actually spend some time there shooting machine guns. And there's even like a, a, a mini gun mount where you can just, you know, have your own private mini gun experience. But uh, um, that one is one end. And then you've got uh, the other end where, uh, there's ranges where you could bring your own gun and shoot and then at the same time rent machine guns and that made me think of that one that's full of chrome and glass so i think i'm up to 10 or 11 that i'm thinking of off the top of my head that were around in 2014 i think they're all still there and they might need more all right so um so i built nevada shooting because i was so impressed with the scene right and i experienced a bunch of them and they were all really cool actually they were all really cool and um Put Nevada shooting together four years later. What happens in Nevada? Same freaking situation. Well, different situation, but same effect. So, you know, again, I didn't feel so bad because I'm pissed and they I don't believe anything about that bullshit. So, um, but in respect to the town and everything, I wasn't going to. Um, and they luckily, they call it the LVS, right? I'm not going to say it because I think that's BS. It's our word. But uh, luckily, they call it that. But I did again, take the site down, let it die for a while, essentially, and or let it uh, be half masked, I suppose you could say, in respect. But um, I'm, it's back now, and it's only about half ass now. It's not half mass, it's just half ass. I just haven't had the time to go back and rebuild it completely. But that's what we're going to be talking about today is that 2014 uh tour and the results of it you pretty much have 15 minutes worth of the history of it or 20 minutes worth of the history of it now and uh, uh i'll start reading some of the comments we do this live as i mentioned before i think i we do the show each night for these different reasons because we do have some goals for the show 
and uh, I never really mention the fact that it's live, right? And I always like to say it's live because I value the interactive nature of the internet. What we can do on the internet is amazing. It's not a television. It's not a, a book that we can just watch or read. It's not something like a radio that we can only hear. Instead, it has a keyboard. It's got buttons. It's got that glass screen you can fiddle with and you can interact with what I'm saying and I can hear what you're saying live. People that are listening to us in the future or watching this whole experience in the future understand that they could show up any evening at midnight Eastern and be part of this. And that's neat because that gives us a, t a chance to, uh, to kind of reach back and forth through time as well. So we're having an immediate uh, conversation here in the present, right? And uh, this will become an archive of right the what happened in the past and then again those people that see this can jump forward let's say you're listening to this and two years from now you can jump on our channel and jump into a live conversation more than likely right now give it a try all right with that being said quit time traveling let's talk about who's out here tonight dj saying or she fires was actually the first one out here uh much earlier than the show went live uh saying curious about renting a machine gun while in vegas so I'll watch this on the replay. How's my little pug friend? Love his face, huh? Well, here's the little pug. And I've got bad news, unfortunately. Um, it had to happen at some point, but I've been asking around and nobody wants this little pug. I can't even give it away. So I have to now make the decision if I'm gonna keep this little dog or, I mean, I probably won't just open the door and let it run into the street but uh, get rid of it in a humane way, you know, not that way, but, uh, or, you know, keep them, I don't know, we'll see. So, uh, unfortunately, no old people I know wanted this dog, and it turns out no parents of little kids I know want this dog around either. So, it does sleep a lot, and as you can see, it does resemble a potato, and that can be, you know, some people won't, wouldn't tolerate that, and he's very sad about that. So uh, aside from that, though, uh, she fires is asking, curious, or supposed to say, I'm curious about renting a machine gun while in Vegas. So she fires. Let me go back to the thing. She fires is hold on, boom, boom, heading to Vegas to go to Shot Show for the first time. So you've got plenty of time before Shot Show if you're listening to this in the future. Here's my advice to she fires your village way Gary, if you're somebody else listening to this but uh for she fires you're going to vegas for the first time to go to shot show and you've got something established you're already doing your thing i would suggest if you're interested making a phone call to the various ranges that are out there find one and i would probably talk to you off here about which ones it would order to call them which ones i think will be the most interested find one that would be interested in hosting you and you might be more than impressed with what your curiosity about renting a machine gun in Vegas while at SHOT Show, what that, how that might turn out. So definitely glad you asked that. For everybody else who isn't She Fires, a content creator who's going to SHOT Show for the first time on her own, right? For everybody else who's just going to Vegas and is curious about renting a machine gun, Let's talk about that. So you don't have to go to the place. You can just mind your business and sit there and just kind of, you have to do more than wish you were there, but you can do as little as make a phone call. And you can probably just wave down one of their vehicles as it's driving around, but you make a phone call and they literally have Humvees and other things driving around 
uh, with signs on them and stuff. But they have them driving around with signs on them because as soon as somebody makes a call and says, hey, can you bring us over? Then they'll just stop driving around with the signs on and they'll move over to your hotel. They'll put you in their vehicle. They'll take you to the machine gun shoot and then they'll go drive around again. So their vehicles are constantly driving around because they will drive you over there. That's what they're for. So pretty much all of them, I think. There might be one or two out of the 10 or something I mentioned there that won't. Actually, I can think of at least three that are just regular ranges. But two of the regular ranges will drive you there. Anyway, they'll drive you there. You just have to be in Vegas, and they'll they'll get you there. I don't even think it costs anything. I don't want to – I mean, don't quote me on that, but I think it might even be free. So you're just a regular person. You decide – Everybody else is doing lame stuff in Vegas today. I want to do something cool, so I want to go machine gun shooting. So you call them and go, I want to go machine gun shooting, and they go, right on. And then quickly a vehicle pulls up. You get in it. They take you there. You get out. Depending on which one you go to, you're probably going to walk through. At the smart ones, you're going to walk through a gift shop or some sort of a shop that offers something as a souvenir, some kind of merch, some kind of remembrance. And then you're going to find some kind of menu. So some of them don't have the merch, but most half, half of them do. You're basically going to find a menu, even if it's just a regular gun shop with a range that has the machine guns. You're going to find wherever you pay for the range or in the case of a dedicated one, you're going to go to the main register, or the main counter, and it's going to have a menu. And some people just want to shoot a gun and that'll cost this many dollars a magazine or something. And then some of them will have like the video game one or the movie one or the the Vietnam one, and it'll be like a, I don't know if that many have pistols, honestly, but it might be like a bolt-action rifle, a semi-automatic, which there's no need for anyone to own a semi-automatic, I know. But, uh, you know, for the sake of argument, a semi-automatic one, or uh, machine guns even. And that's the whole point, is you can get, like, a better bang for your buck, pun intended, because you rent a bunch right away. So they're all kind of different, you know, and you could probably shop around. But a regular person go in there, um, just like anything. There's competition, and they all want you to be there. And depending on if they're busy. Now, if you call up one of them and say, hey, can you pick me up? And they go, yeah, we're real busy. We'll pick you up in four hours. Because that's how they help throttle, you know, the people that are there or whatever. They, they know that you're not going to have a good time waiting in line. So they're not even going to pick you up until some of the people have cleared out. And they probably have a good idea of, you know, their number of people that show up each day or whatever but um uh thanks so i was talking about the uh um schedule and the time or whatever i don't know i just drew a blank right there so yeah i was thinking about the one garage one for some reason i let my mind wander too much about how that one's changed i totally forgot where i was going so you get the menu you figure out what you're going to shoot or whatever uh and then you shoot and then whenever you're done uh, you know, hopefully pick up some merch. They Most of three of them, four of them had patches the last time I was there. So you could grab yourself a patch. Um, they Some of them sell like Airsoft. I think unless it's changed, Battlefield Vegas has the most stuff. Like they've got the most T-shirts and hats and clever stuff. They might even have a real gun shop there. That's not true. The one that's a gun shop on the way out of Vegas is literally a gun shop. And it's a really cool gun shop with a kind of, well, some years it has a surplus store there. I haven't been there in a while because it's kind of far out of town. But I should go back there again. But uh, for some of the times I've been there, they've had a surplus store in the back room, which was super cool. A really a good one for the size of it. Um, 
that's actually a really good gun shop also they're super friendly they're super cool it's a small range and just a couple of machine guns but totally worth it it's the last one as you drive out to Pahrump and then uh anyway so most of them don't have too big a that you can buy a souvenir or two but Battlefield Vegas has a pretty big uh gift shop area some interesting stuff to buy uh so anyway then whenever you're done you uh let them know and I imagine they got Humvees that are willing to grab you and send you out back to whatever hotel and then they probably just patrol around waiting for the next person to come you know drag them back sorry about that puppy that's what happens when I mute and cough the puppy gets startled so great question I hope that answers it as far as costs you usually pay you know I'm not sure and the thing is I'm not the type who I didn't I, I, I might have pulled triggers at one or two of them but i didn't go to these places and uh, ask them to shoot for free i just wanted to go ask them about their their situation there so i i just went and uh asked and interviewed them I didn't, I didn't try to pull triggers so that means i don't i didn't even know how much i didn't even look to see how much the stuff cost it's obviously uh, so little that um they're all six massively successful right so it can't be too much it can't be crazy but honestly i don't remember what the costs were um i'm looking here to see um so i've got a list here on nevadashooting.com if you click on the las vegas because there's also reno let's not forget about reno so there's las vegas uh the page for las vegas there's the clark county shooting complex and then there's desert sportsman's rifle club uh, and then i guess i didn't put uh the Boulder because it's down south so I guess I, I counted some of the other outdoor ones separately but in Vegas itself you got or right near Vegas I guess you got the Clark County that's the big one a really elaborate range in this map here it's this red pistol way up north and and then uh, as far as indoor ranges where you can shoot you've got strip gun club that's the one that I keep thinking of on the way to uh, Pahrump. You've got the gun store. That's the oldest one. That's the one right on Tropicana. Battlefield Vegas is the one with all the tanks, The probably the largest, the one pe most people are probably going to go to. Discount Firearms, I think, is called something else. Oh, no, that's the one that uh, and it's kind of, it's in an industrial area. It's a local gun st shop with a shooting range. It's just that they also shoot machine guns there, and they have vehicles driving around, but it's like the least touristy the vehicles look as touristy as everybody else's but once you get there it's like they they drove you to just some gun shop and they just happen to have some machine guns but it's just a gun shop in an industrial area and they were kind of rude honestly the couple of times i've been there i'm not trying to be a dick but they weren't they were kind of not i wouldn't go there then you've got uh, machine gun vegas uh which is uh machine gun bb and that's the one i was talking about with the girls and it's sort of just dedicated to just machine guns that's about it American Shooters is the one with all the chrome on it. It's like a really cool gun shop. It's also a police supply. Uh, it's all chrome and silver and, uh, or I mean, chrome and glass. Really cool gun shop. Uh, the gun store, like I say, is the one right off of Tropicana. Really cool shop in the range, which has grown and grown and grown. If you watch that show about the pawn shop, gun store is where they always, I think that's still the, at least the one or two episodes I've seen of the pawn shop store in vegas that show they went to the gun store to get their gun advice range 702 is sort of a 
It's a mix between Machine Gun Vegas and Battlefield Vegas without any kind of military at all. So it's like if competition shooting started, uh, you know, if, if, if Battlefield Vegas is if the military had one, if Machine Gun Vegas is like if, if DC Project made one, Range 702 would be like if competition shooting made one. American shooters would be like CZ people made one. Anyway, so then Range 702 is the big blue one. You see it's like blue and yellow. And they've changed, I think, three times since I've been paying attention. So that one's interesting, and they're kind of mainstream. It's like that's the one you could take a whole family to real easily. It's sort of a gun shop also, and it kind of changes. The first time it had a little bit of a gun shop, and then it had a little bit. Wait, no, it had a lot of gun shop, then it had a little gun shop, and I don't know how much it is this time, last time. So it kind of fluctuates, and it's not quite just for range rentals because you can also just be a resident or have some guns there and it's also very close to the strip so it's a it's a unique one and then guns garage has changed its names a few times and uh i'm wondering if that might also be this one but anyway i don't remember this one so gun garage is a weird one that used to be like an auto body paint shop or something from looking at google maps and then just in 2014 it just opened and then I don't want to say every time I go there, it's a different name, but it's it's changed hands more than once. The layout and the range are the same, but the rest of the shop has changed when the name changes. So that's just a, that's a bunch of them right there. And then, of course, you've got the, I don't know where the actual dividing lines are for the towns. You can kind of tell in this map that they call the suburb something else. But the dollar signs are gun shops. The dollar signs are gun shops and the red pistols are ranges. So some of these others are outside of town and there are the uh, Green Valley range, the center mass firearms. Oh, that's in Henderson. Henderson is the city town. It's just the houses that are between Boulder and Las Vegas. And then you've got these ones that are even further out of town. That's where this is, that's this farthest south one is where the SHOT Show Media Day is. And then this farthest north one is where SIG, SIG would normally have their range day. And I guess SIG has boycotted SHOT Show this year, so they probably won't have a range day. So there's the range day here at the Boulder Club. And then there's this other range called the Pro Gun Vegas. And then it'll have a shoot, or some kind of a shoot also. And then there's the shoot from SIG up here at the uh, Clark County range. And then if they do it, there's typically a military shoot on Nellis. And that would be, I'd have to flip it to regular view, but it's probably something like this up in these areas. Let me, can I flip it? I don't know how to flip this to satellite view, but somewhere up here in Nellis, as you get up into the foothills, there's some places where they let us shoot and there's some military shoots out there. So if you were to try to get to all of them, you'd be driving from down here to this one, to this one, to this one. And then there's some others that sometimes happen and I won't point at them, but you can imagine there's places that other ones could happen. I also went to a GSSF match just south of Nellis over here where this golf course is or somewhere over here one time, because you could look south from the you could look south or north, I guess, from the GSSF match and see 
I don't know what they were, C5 galaxies or something taken off, like some giant, some, some kind of giant airplanes taken off. It was super cool. So definitely the coolest GSSF match I've ever been in. But you can tell there's a very long distance you're going to drive to get to all the ranges. So you're going to find somebody out there who complains about whenever that one year I went to all five shoots and that I didn't stay very long at any of them. Yeah, because they're freaking nowhere near each other, and they all only last for like four hours. So most of my day that year was in the vehicle driving between them, driving from down here to way over here to way over here. And the two of them were next to each other, kind of, but that was a lot of driving. And my dog is super scared of noise, so that's one of the reasons I did it, because she was not going to be happy if I just parked at one of the noisy ranges. She'll deal with it, but she doesn't love it. So I figured that year, instead of trying to be at one, I'd never been to all of them before. So I drove to four of the six that were that, that year. Anyway, so that's a, a visual kind of map that we made. I don't know if you know you can make Google Maps and you can embed them in your websites like this for projects like this one. And uh, you don't have to have any affiliation or nothing. It just, I hope, one of the reasons, one of the things that it does is give the gun shops a little extra you know, whatever that's called reach or something because, uh, you know, they're being linked to like that. So this uh, website will link to all of those over here and we'll go back to Nevada shooting ranges and see, let's see, I got Las Vegas indoor. So back in the day, I had this a little bit more elaborate. I don't know if these will all open up into things with their pictures and everything, but I would have had their pictures and, uh, uh, videos. I think I might have taken down some of these videos because um, of YouTube being weird for a little while. Oh, it looks like I had a, a rating system on there too. That's cool. So anyhow, that was uh, Nevada. That, that's sort of a summary of the um, ranges using Nevada shooting as a template to help answer or to long-windedly answer she fires question about how to rent a machine gun while in Vegas. But honestly, that's the whole thing I did go up there for, or what I ended up using that, sh that trip for was so that I could do this once in a while, explain what it's all about. And hopefully as a content creator, uh, how you can use that as a resource when you're up there. Um, again, the ranges are there. They have competition. They understand how the internet works. You're not asking them to shut down and do or do something that's outside their normal realm of uh you know normal operation if you're asking as a content creator to take a rain a lane at their range which you know they can totally accommodate that's not a big ask now i might be speaking out of turn they might go oh my goodness how dare you even suggest that as a firearms content creator you want to come hang out here and, and shoot for free but i suspect they might go heck yeah what days do you want to come out here and do that might be worth finding out. Um, now, doing it right at the middle of SHOT Show, I don't know. If you did it literally the days of SHOT Show, if like you knew that you weren't going to be doing anything on Wednesday and everybody was going to be at SHOT Show on Wednesday, that might be the deadest time in the whole year for them. And they might say, definitely come out here. On the other hand, somebody might have reserved their whole range knowing it's their least popular time of the whole year. But you'll never know until you ask. Um, they're definitely a resource when we're in Vegas. At least it seems to me like it's a, a completely untapped resource for the largest firearms industry show in Vegas that week. 
uh, Snob's Hand Puppy Cam, Best Cam, pretty good cam. George Cam is pretty good. There's Gizzard. Uh, here's the little click. Like, you guys should get a 45 or 9 P320 carry. Well, I like 45. Uh, Woods also likes 45. Clover Tack is up way too late. I feel like that puppy knows what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, I don't know what's up with this puppy. He's really got no reason to be this tired. They say that dogs will sleep like 80% of the time. This dog sleeps 80% of the time easily. Oh, you know what, though? Hold on. Where did it go? Where is it? It's okay. Already. Oh, he's awake now. I got the weird Batman angle on him right now. Come on, get up and go back over here. This way, nobody wants this dog because he won't listen. As soon as I put the camera on him, he burps. All right, well, yeah, you know, he's being annoying. I was trying to find the thing I got him. I paid two bucks for it, but now I can't find it. He probably lost it. Right, well, he probably put it outside and lost it, or stuck it underneath something and lost it, or put it somewhere and lost it. I can't see it anymore. Jorns out there, good evening. They are guns. Also, I don't usually see you in the evening. Good afternoon. Good evening. Robert Adams. Good evening. This pug's doing okay. I guess you could say this is cute. Uh, let's see. My patches and stuff just to help out. Much appreciated. Everybody's saying hey to each other. Gizzard is out there. I don't say to say hey to Gizzard. And okay, I don't think I'm to see too much. And there he goes. Okay. Had a long day. Time to go to sleep again. It's a lot of effort for him watching me get up and do stuff and then I'm not going to sit back down again. It's tuckered out. So uh Drop by a bit and show you some sport. Gotta go, guys. There we go. Yeah, I guess he's going to sleep. Makes sense. How many gun shops in Nevada? I'm not sure because the problem is that over time, the shops aren't there anymore. So technically, I could probably visit more shops in Nevada than are there right now. Like if a shop changed names, I've been to that shop two times, even though I've been there just once to the new shop. Does that make sense? Or if the shop goes out of business, then what if I went there three times? So I don't know how to count that. 
So uh, if you're talking the whole tour, I think I've counted it to 200 plus, but I can't remember again, like if that was like 215 and I rounded it to 200 plus because 215 sounded stupid or if it was like 203. I don't think it was 203, but I just don't remember what the actual number actually is. And the other problem is I'm not, uh, I don't have an intern, so I definitely would yell at the intern if I did have one, but uh, I don't have one. And that means that I have to do everything usually when stuff like that. And if I don't make good enough notes or if I don't document the visits and something like the trip where I'm on the road for 30 days and I come back and I've missed a shop, a shop or two, I don't really know because I'm the only one who would know if I didn't know. And if I didn't know, then I'm forgetting it. You know what I mean? So I could easily be missing shops that if I thought about it, I would remember them. But whenever I was archiving them, whenever I was writing them down, I didn't remember it. And there's nothing to jog my memory or remind me because I might think of the shop 12 times and just not realize that it's missing from the website. And when I go to count, I can only count the ones from the website. So anyway, not really sure, but it's over 200. Yugoslavian Mauser. Okay. I love the Mauser basis from any gun since, I guess. I would say, unlike most bolt guns still in production, updated basically a Mauser. Oh, I'm thinking of a Mauser pistol. You're talking about a Mauser rifle. All right. Happy to be here. Good to have you here. Oh, let's see. That's thumbs up. Thank you for the thumbs up. I'd like to jump into chats and archive that thumbs up just because it gives the person who's doing the chat an idea. So this one has a timestamp of 1027. So it lets me know that at 1027, there had been 10 people to thumb it up. I don't really care or nothing. I just know that maybe seven to five to seven people or out of 10 are usually going to thumb up something on a channel like this. So, you know, that gives me some idea of how many people might be out there. And it's not like it's a big deal. It's sort of like just seeing the rear view mirror in your peripheral. Peripheral. It's not your only source of input for what you're doing when you're driving, but it's certainly appreciated. So I do appreciate it. And that's one of the reasons I do it for people. It's not like, um, you know, it's making or breaking their show. But when they see that, it just gives them a frame of reference. It just gives them a little perspective of where things are. So, uh, and it also is a permanent archive. It's a permanent record. You know, remember everything that we're doing on the internet today is going to be read and experienced by an AI of some sort, you know, some kind of robot brain in like a moment in the future, right? In some, sometime in the future, the same way that Google read every book on the planet earth and it took them a few years, some robot is going to say, go read the entire internet again. And that's when they're going to read like this and what you're typing in there. And that's where, guess what? You've got some influence on the future. You ever seen a, a show where they'll take like a photograph of the olden days and they'll be like, wait a minute, if you take a magnifying glass and look, this guy in this picture from the olden days is holding a cell phone. And they're like, that blows my mind. Well, you're the person holding the cell phone and the robots in the future have the magnifying glasses. So thanks for those thumbs up. That you, you are the person holding the cell phone in that black and white picture when he thumbs up like that. Woods is saying, teacher here, speak government every day. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Although probably at a different level, like if there's government speak out there, there's probably 
languages of it. You know what I mean? There's like the bureaucracy level, there's the subordinate level, there's the elitist level, there's the uh, oppressed level, you know, there's, there's the uh, being squashed level, there's the boot level, you know, there's all the different levels that, you know, they're going to talk to each other in different levels or different ways. Uh, Robert is saying, I'd love to shoot an MP40 submachine gun full auto. I don't know. I've shot one. I don't know if it was, I, I mean, it's like a Sten to me. I don't like nine millimeter guns for a lot of reasons, but one of the reasons is their machine guns are boring to me. So the nine millimeter machine guns that I've shot are like the Sten and that thing. And then I think that thing's nine, right? Uh, or I'm thinking of something else, but I think I'm thinking of that. Uh, the Glock, of course, and then there's some others. There's a Sterling, and then, you know, ARs. ARs are goofy when they're 9 millimeter, and they're gas, you know, they're made for bigger bullets, so it's just asking a lot for 9 millimeter out of an AR. But anyhow, they're super fast, and they're kind of like a slimy garden hose. Like, you can control them, but do you want to? So I hear what you're saying, but to me, I'd rather shoot something like a Thompson or a, or a, um, a Mac-10 uh, in 45. Oh, that's another one. Like the 9mm Tex and Intertech or whatever the 9mm plastic guns. They're all kind of, they're like shooting water. Like they, they're, they're fast and they're, they got recoil, but not that much recoil. They're fast and they're jumpy, but they're, they're, you just don't get the satisfaction of when you're controlling a 45 stream. Like when you're shooting a stream of 45 out of a Mac 10, that's an experience because it's like holding on to a fire hose compared to holding on to a garden hose. Maybe that's the way to say it. And you can hold on to a fire hose with one hand once you figured it out a few times. That's the most interesting nine to, if you had a lot of nine ammo and somebody else to load mags for you, so you don't have to do it. The one gun that would be fun to shoot a nine would be a 19, an 18, a Glock 18 full auto without all the goofiness on it, just a plain old pistol. Because it's got a lot of weight in its 30 round magazine, and as you shoot it, it's going to really fast change its weight. And at the same time, it really wants to shoot up in the air. And I've seen little very thin ladies just dominate Glock 18s. So it's totally possible. I imagine somewhere between a thousand rounds or somewhere under a thousand rounds with somebody else loading the magazines because you would go insane trying to load a magazine that many times, waiting for the full auto again. But uh, so for those reasons, I hear you with the MP40. That, that's what I like about Vegas. Unless you know a bunch of people that own machine guns and go on a regular machine gun shoot. Trust me, that's very possible to do. If that's one of your goals, then go after it because that's a very possible goal to achieve. Or it's a very achievable goal to have. But uh, unless you've got that ability to just shoot somebody's MP40, there's tons of MP40s out there. In fact, most MP, well, I shouldn't say most, but many MP40s were post-band or pre-band. Uh, anyway, shooting an MP40 and shooting a Sten and shooting a Thompson, shooting a Bar, shooting an AR-15, shooting an AK-47, all of those guns are so different. The recoil impulse and the, I guess it's the recoil impulse is the best thing to just say. It's like the 
the way that the gun cycles, the dwell, the, the, the where the mass is on the gun and how it wiggles around and how you hold the gun is just that's the experience of shooting all those guns. So once you've shot them all, let me know what you think of the MP40. Now, obviously, I hate them. I hate German guns and stuff, so not going to be my favorites. I'd rather shoot an old goofy Russian gun before I shoot a German gun. But you know, I don't like shooting H and Ks either. So a lot of people think find that weird. Uh, Gunmetal guy, does it work? Hopefully everything's going good. I know you're saying some stuff in the other chat and stuff. Hopefully everything is uh, going as well as it can for you. Thanks for listening for sure. Definitely Pro 2A, right on. I'd like to own a Desert Eagle and 44 Magnum. That one I can never complain about. One, it's awesome gun made in, Mass in Minnesota. And then still going, being owned by, um, what do you call them? Car, right? So, or wait, it was owned by IMI. And then it was owned by uh, IWI. And then it's owned by Car, right? So am I wrong that that's been owned by four different companies and it's still going? Just a cool gun. And then a semi-auto 44 needs to exist. It's just super cool. Plus iconic in the uh, world, really. I would say 1911. I mean, Deagle comes right in there. What's more... What's more iconic? Maybe Beretta at this point because of the they cheat or whatever. But uh, so you got 1911, you got Beretta. Okay, Glock. What am I saying? So it goes like in this order: 1911, then Glock, then Beretta. That's Eagle, right? Am I wrong? Is it the fourth most iconic gun? A lesser channel. I mean, some other show will probably do a bracket on the most iconic uh, guns out there. But I think 44 or Desert Eagle and 44. Maybe the only other more iconic one would be a 50 AE, but 44 is probably more well-known by normal people than the 50 AE. Uh, let's see. We need night guys to keep America going, for sure. So Mr. Enigma is saying hello from behind enemy lines and whatever. So I hear you. You don't have to act like, um, you know, you're, we're, you're with amongst friends here nobody's going to give you shit for living in california or new jersey or connecticut or massachusetts or one of the other states that wails on you i guess even new york at least not in our chat we empathize and our goal is to create awareness and understanding so that we can all figure out that we're all in the same boat laughing at people who are doing the the treading of the water is stupid so we're here you we're here you don't have to do that you can just say hey and then uh, we're just saying deagles are cool, super impractical. Well, yeah, maybe. Um, I'm not going to get too much into it because it's a Thursday and we're talking about Nevada. But let's talk about, we are talking about the trip in 14. Hmm. How did this all go? When did Bundy Ranch happen? Who knows when Bundy Ranch happened? Who knows even what Bundy Ranch was? Oh, snap. Guess when Bundy Ranch was? January of 2014. No, it was April of 2014. 
So, anyway, I, I guess this happened right after Bundy Ranch. And, uh, um, I don't know when Nevada's um, ballot initiative thing happened, but that had to be like 18 or something like that, maybe. So, uh, I hear you. So we've got, I guess what I was going to say is maybe on Tuesday, we'll, or maybe somebody who wants to have a discussion and wants to do it before Tuesday could have a discussion on the topic of what's the difference between what's happening in Oregon right now and what happened in Washington years ago. What's the difference between what happened in Washington years ago and what happened in Nevada a couple of years ago? What's the difference between what happened in Nevada with what happened in Washington even before that? Because Washington's been whaled on twice fairly recently, right? The first one and then the magazine ban. I feel like you had something, your assault weapons ban or some bullshit, and then a, then a magazine ban, or am I wrong? And then they took, so you had the first one, ballot initiative wailed on you. They took that ballot initiative, took it to Nevada. Nevada passed it. Then the Nevada attorney or somebody said, what are you doing? We can't do anything about this. Just like what's going to happen in, in, in Oregon. But then Washington said, oh, if you're going to say that, then we're going to get rid of magazine bans, or we're going to get I think that's how I'm going to go. But anyhow, I guess I was saying, what's the difference between all that and then when in 1998, uh, Massachusetts decided to double down on the assault weapons ban and make a state-level assault weapons ban that never expired, and they're still living under that tyranny. So it's not so much that I'm trying to say one is more important or one has the longevity more than the other, but where do we realize that that, what's the word? When do we realize that that circumstance is engineered? That they are they are creating a conditioned response? I don't know if I'm using the right words, but by sequentially or incrementally or consistently pushing it, that's how they're moving that Overton window. and. When we sit there and go, oh, Massachusetts, but they brought it on themselves. Oh, California. Well, they're copying Massachusetts and they brought it on themselves. Oh, Oregon. Oh, man, that's a loss. Oh, Washington. They must have brought it on themselves. Oh, Nevada. Too bad for them. Oh, it didn't happen. Well, good for us. Like, when is that? When did that become normalized? When did that become the appropriate? Why isn't it like, no, no, wait, no, wait, hold on. And then no, stop. You know, that's what we would do if this dog just started peeing all over. I wouldn't be like, well, you know, he's going to pee all over. No, I'd be like, stop, stop it. Stop it. You, you, stop it. Stop peeing. Stop peeing right now. Right. And say stuff like that. Why aren't we saying that to these idiot representatives who fall for the BS agenda based stuff that, you know, is creating this bullshit. So anyway, got off on a tangent there. We're talking about Nevada. So I'm going back to talking about Nevada. We'll blame Nancy Pelosi for uh, let's see, I'm in about an hour, probably talking a bit longer than an hour tonight. Uh, let's see. So anyway, let's see. Deagle, super cool. Woods, cool thing to say. Props, right on. Oh, we've got two Washington. Oh, no, that's Washington. Let's see, we've got two Washington states. Let's see. 
Uh, I'm thinking that I have a cat that just had a stroke and my other cat had to have a tumor removed. I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, would also like 1911, 45, very much. Everybody would, I think. Well, I hope. If you're respectable, you want one. Let's see, Gunmetal Guy saying, I wish I could take the little farter, but two farters and one apartment may not be a good idea. Someone say patch, that's the equivalent of sand squirrel. Oh, did somebody kill these bots? Thanks for that. Oh, Jacob's out there joining in. Your package should be arriving. Right on, thanks. We traded some patches. Thanks for getting rid of them. They came back again. Uh, let's see. Red cat sleeps 80% of the time, 100% of the day. 80% mm -hmm. of the time, they're asleep 100% of the time. Let's see. Let's see. Anybody else saying anything? I'm a graphite in a vacuum to the leftist machine. Absent moisture. Hmm. What about the uh, some kind of space rays going through there? Going to have some kind of lead lining around it or something? Bundy Ranch just watched the documentary on that, remembering all that happened. Was it pro or anti, or was it any good? That was an interesting thing, and that was one of those things where, again, some people are like, oh, everybody should get along. I'm like, yeah, why the hell would you say that? Like, are you going to get along with a dipshit? Are you going to get along with somebody who's trying to take you down? Are you going to get along with somebody who's so oblivious to what's going on that they're actually, like, you know, not helping like no you can't get along with everybody you have to have some kind of boundaries or some kind of like you know filters or something and bundy was one of those filters there was a lot of people that exploited it from all different directions and a hell of a lot of people that just stand still you can say a lot by saying nothing you can show your cards by not playing the game and that's what happened at bundy quite a bit um Anyway, so with all that, we're about an hour. So here's the thing. One, we could just go for another hour doing this. Because I've been, I've been told that you're not supposed to have dogs on the internet. And specifically in gun chats. We should not have a dog in a gun chat. Because it's bad for the chat. And it's bad for the professionalism. So I could just spend an hour doing this for this dog. And I'm sure the dog would be okay with it. I'm almost positive the dog would be okay with it. Or we could cut this one off and do some of those uh, words games over there on the other channel. Or no, on this channel, but on, uh, you know, run that words game for a little bit. Or if you have questions or whatever, feel free to uh, throw them out there. There are quite a few people here. But, uh, you know, it's Thursday. And uh, that's about all we're going to do is talk about travel and training and I don't know. I probably had some more stuff to talk about with this one. I could probably go on and on. I've been going to SHOT Show for 18 years. And um, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, there was one rental place. One of the reasons I built this website is because one of the rental places was called... Oh, you know what? That might be the one I put down here. But I wasn't sure about it. Las Vegas Gun Range. See, I don't have a link to it. But there was one year we went there. We went to a gun show. And then after the gun show... So we were... gun. Shot show was over, and we went to the big gun show after. 
And then there was a littler gun show also that same weekend after. So we went to that gun show. And I that might have been the gun show. It was in the location where I started collecting 50 BMGs. It might have even been the gun show that I started collecting 50 BMGs at. So we're driving, let's say if if this is Vegas right here, right? And and this is the airport right in the middle, right? So this is Vegas and this is the airport right in the middle. SHOT Show happens on the top of the airport, let's say right here. Here's the airport and this is Vegas. So, and we live down here in this eyeball. So you need to drive from SHOT Show either on this side of the airport or on this side of the airport. And there's this big highway that goes this way and there's also a highway that goes this way. So that was our dilemma. So we had been to the SHOT Show and then we had been to the gun show near SHOT Show. But the other shot, the gun show was on the south side of the airport. So we decided to go this way, right? And then we go to this gun show and that puts us here. We need to go over here. So we decide to go this way as opposed to driving way back up and around. Makes sense, right? It's straighter. Well, on that straighter line, right about here, what do we find? Let's zoom in. Boom, another gun shop that we didn't know about. We went in there and what did they have? A range and pistol bayonets. What did I buy? Pistol bayonets there. What are pistol bayonets worth now? Boom, $200. Thank you very much. So that's another story about Vegas. Oh, maybe this dog is good for something. Maybe this dog could be useful as an improvised Google Maps. Uh, let's see. It was basically Pro Bundy, but fair in its portrait of the events. Right on. Was this like a YouTube thing or like a Vice thing or something more elaborate than that? I uh, watched a documentary today about Pez, the Pez dispensers. Has anybody ever seen this thing called the Pez Outlaw? Or does anybody know about a guy named the Pez Outlaw? All right, I'm gonna to attempt to try a thing here. And we're gonna see if by attempting to try the thing it works, and then we'll see that if it does work, if anyone here is interested in being interested in being a part of it. Assuming that it all works and that it does actually work. Oh my. All right, well, we're gonna find out if this is working or not by clicking this. I'll bring the little puppy in here so that people can, in fact, monitor the baby dog. So try typing a word. Ten? No, that's before letter word. Uh, need. Need to type a word. All right, it's not working on this one. So do I need to start a new stream for this? Let's find out. It was a documentary from my local library online. Interesting. I'm going to let it go through one iteration here because it might be that it needs to catch. You know what I mean? Because it started in the middle. We'll find out. So this is uh, basically 
what's this called? Um, Scrabble. It's like a Scrabble game where you uh, all you have to do is type in a word into the text chat, and then if it's working, when it work, works, it will find the word and show it up on the screen here. It's not working right now, so if it doesn't work in the next go around, let me know if you want to keep playing, and I'll just start up another stream. We'll just jump over to that and play this thing. Otherwise, we could play this for a little bit. I just started figuring out that this thing works and it's free. So we've been playing it a little bit. So the way that it works is you get to guess a word. And if it's if it accepts the word, then it will show up on the screen and it'll lock your account for a minute. Check our client. Okay. It'll lock your ability to say a word again until the little lock thing throttles you to the next one. So we'll try it again. And I guess not. Unless I spelled that wrong. All right, it looks like I got to start another one for it to work. I'll try one thing by clicking this and huh. is Pepsi a word? All right, so just give me a yes or no. Should I start another one or is it too late? Nobody wants to start another one. I think I have to start another one. I'll try logging into it one more time. This is the Daily Gun Show one. That is the channel. I am allowing it. Try one more. Um, wow, how can there possibly be that many in this word? Nah, it wants a new one, I think. Rasp. All right. I'll just start another one here. So if you're interested, um, I guess I can. Let me show you how this happens. So if you're interested in how you start a StreamYard room, this is how. So now the StreamYard is in front of words. I'm going to remove words so it's not as weird. This is the puppy, right? And this is the rest of the screen. The puppy's down at the bottom now. So I'm going to go up to the duck and I'm going to... Uh-oh. What are you telling me? I can't click on the duck here? All right, it's not going to let me click on the duck. I get it. I get it. So we go back over to the StreamYard just directly. And it'll go, what do you want to do? And I'll go, I want to create one. And it'll say, what kind? And I'll go, a live stream. And it'll go, fine, on what channel? And I'll go, on this channel and Twitch. 
and it'll go, what do you want me to call it? And I'll say 2A words for 2A. And then we'll schedule it for later. That'll let you a chance to grab a thumbnail. Somewhere in here I had a thumbnail, but let's just use this one. And then I can zoom way down to that. And then now that's my thumbnail. I can just tell it to do the show today at whatever time it actually is, 11.30 p.m. And now this show will exist. And I can, whenever it exists, move that over. I can open it. I can... enter the studio, I can open the room over here, grab that YouTube link, give you all the YouTube link over here. And that way, you don't even have to do nothing except jump over to the new one. And as soon as I hit play on it, go live. And then I'll screen share on that one. Right, bring the words on whatever back over here. The old show is gonna move over a little bit. The new show is gonna bring its comments over here. And now we will start the new show. And now we'll try over on the new one. What is an actual role? Our lobe, L-O-B-E. And now if it's working, it'll pop up over here. Oh, man. Come on, man. So now I have to probably edit, leave it here, log out, log back in with the new stream, I guess. Another thing, right? Because then I would feel like it would have worked with the last one. It has to be a four-letter word. Um, right, grid, grid, grid. Right. Okay, now it's working. Now it's working. Now we're cooking with gas. So you've got the thing over there. We can start playing. You cannot. Oh, I'm in the way. Oh, yeah. Excuse me. Whoops. Okay, you're going to want to go over to the other show. If you're listening to the old show, that's the old show, man. You're working in the past. If you're listening to this thing in the future, then you could have been here live in the future, in the present, and you could have been hanging out with this futuristic game that we're playing over here. All right. Thanks, everybody, for watching and listening. You're going to end up with a quick commercial here for one of our stores. Guess what? You can support what we're doing by buying cool stuff. Check out our stores. We just added new things over there. We also have a massive eBay channel with all kinds of cool stuff over there. If you want to play Words with Friends or whatever it's called, Words on Stream, I guess, then uh, head over and 
we can play words for a little while. GearWebsites.com is your source for firearms-based playing cards and books. We also have mugs, shirts, and posters with designs that we've made live. Of course, we have patches. Every Friday is Free Patch Friday. We appreciate your support. Thank you for shopping at GearWebsites.com. Guys and gals. So let us know what you think. We'll be watching the comments wherever you find the video over on gunstreamer.com or on gun. The guys and gals at gunwebsites.com encourage you to take a CCW class every year, practice once a month, and carry every day. Thank you for watching gunwebsites.com. <laughs>